This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Welcome, 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 everybody, and just so glad you're here. This is week two of our series we're calling Don't Feed the Wildlife. And no, this is not, not going to be a this is not going to be any kind of natural science lesson or anything like this. We're talking about the fact that you and I, we have a wildlife part of us. It's called our flesh. Now, how many of you ever had any problem with your flesh before? And when I talk about flesh, I'm not, I'm not just talking about your body. I'm referring to, yes, your body and the tendencies of your body, but also the uh, unrenewed portion of your mind. Anybody mind ever give them trouble before? Anybody ever made a bad decision before? Anybody ever sinned before? Well, see, then you got, you got a flesh problem, right? And so anybody sinned since they became a Christian? Anybody sinned today? Already? It's only, it's only 11 o'clock. Well, you see, you, you, on, on the inside, that inward man, the spirit of man, the real man, became a new creature, a new creation when you got saved, when you got born again. And you received the, the very life and the nature of God. And then get this, you became so holy, you did, your spirit, because that's the real you, you became so holy that the Holy Spirit came to live in you. And so the, the word says that you and I are perfect and complete in him, right? We, we, we're perfect in him. That's not talking about our flesh, but how, come, how, how many of you know your flesh is not perfect? And so here, here's the deal, that, that flesh part of us is our wild side. It's the wildlife. It's, you know, like Paul said, he said, the things that I, that I want to do, what did he say in Romans 7? He said, the things that I want to do, I don't seem to do them. And the things that I don't want to do, what happens? I end up doing those things. Anybody can identify with that? And uh, so what Paul's talking about, he said, he says, I see a law then in my members, you know, in, with, with, the, with my heart, I want to do right. But I see another law in my members waging war against the law of my mind or that that renewed person, and it's bringing me into captivity, the law of sin, which is in my members or in my flesh. And so Paul was in this war, just like you and I. And, uh, and so here's the, the premise of this, you know, whatever it is that we, well, I'll come back to that, but, but we've got this, we've got this war going on and we've been so used to yielding to the wild side, yielding to our emotions, yielding to our fear, yielding to anger, yielding to bitterness, yielding to, to whatever, any of those things of the flesh, we get so used to it, so when we do that, those things just strengthen and begin to dominate our life. And it's the same with us in life. Whatever you feed in your life is going to strengthen, it's going to grow, and it's going to multiply. You ever notice this, that if you yield to your flesh in one area, you're going to have a tendency to yield to your flesh in another area. I mean, if you yield to your flesh where, where pornography is concerned, next thing you know, you're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. Quiet in here. 
Because disobedience gives birth to more disobedience. Yielding to the flesh gives birth to more yielding of the flesh or yielding to the flesh. And so whatever it is that we feed in our life, it's going to strengthen, it's going to grow, it's going to multiply to the point that one part of our being, whether it be our inward man or our outward man, one part of our being is going to dominate the other part of our being. The way that God desires it to be is this born-again spirit man that's on the inside becomes so strong, so influential, that that man, the inward man, dominates the outward man. But we, for most Christians, just got that thing turned upside down and in reverse. The outward man is, I mean, we, we, we yield to our feelings. We, we react on our emotions. We respond out of all kind of things. And so it's, you know, whatever it is, we respond out of it. Where God wants this inward man to be the dominant force in our life. And if the, the, the inward man is the dominant force in our life, guess what we're going to live life like? It's going to be life and peace. If we yield to our flesh and our flesh becomes dominant, guess what we're going to have? It's only one thing, death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. And so it leads to nowhere good. You're going to live sub below where God wants you to live. So we've got to work on Then this is what you don't do. This is what a lot of people do, but we've all done it, but it doesn't work. So you've got something in this area of your life you keep tripping over, tripping up in, these sins that so easily beset, get us off track, get us off course. And we've all got some of these. So what people try to do is, you know, they, they say things like, I'll, and, and it bothers them. They don't want to do it. It's like Paul said, I don't want to do it, but I find myself doing it. And it bothers them on the inside because they want to do what's right. They want to live before God. They want to be godly. They want to be righteous. And so what they say, I, I'll never, oh God, I'll never do that again. Anybody ever say that before? I'll never do that again. I'll never respond like that again. I'll never watch something like that again. I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again. And although we think we're making this promise, it's a trap. Because the whole time, you, you, I'll never do that, I'll never do that, I'll never do that, you're putting all of your focus, all of your energy, all of your, all of your strength into something that's negative. And all it does is strengthen the negative. You would think you would have the reverse effect and say, well, I, I'm just making up my mind. You can't make up your mind, which is part of your soul, until your soul is right. So, instead of focusing on that, what do you need to focus on? You need to starve that. You don't starve it by giving all your attention to it. You starve it by taking your attention off of it 
and then begin feeding something else in your life. So you begin feeding the inward man that's created in the image and the likeness of God. You begin to, you begin to feed that part of your being. And just by doing that, you're withholding sustenance from that other part until eventually that thing over there, it'll just begin to shrivel up, weaken, and die in your life. Amen. Where it doesn't bother you anymore. You know, I've talked to people, they, uh, they've quit smoking cigarettes 10 or 12 times. You know, there's, there, it's, there's something different between quitting something and being set free from something. Right. Quitting something, there's always somewhere, there can come a time, that thing's just going to have some kind of a, going to have some kind of pull on you. When you get set free from something, you're free from it. I mean, you're, you're just free from it. So we got we to feed the right thing. Y'all following with me? So I want to talk to you about how to strengthen the inward man, because the, only the strong are going to survive. If you're going to survive this, this walk with Christ and you're going to be victorious, you're going to have to be strong. And I'm not talking about strong in the flesh. I'm talking about your spirit man has to be strong. The, the proverb says it like this. It says, the strong spirit of a man will sustain him. You've got to be strong on the inside. You, you, not just mentally, you've got to be strong in your spirit. Your spirit man has to become so dominant that it just, man, it just, you know, it's like, you ever seen a fly land on a hot stove? No, because they're not going to do it. And the devil can't land on you when you're hot. So let's talk about how, how to be strong. And so I'm going to just, I'm going to give you some wildlife terminology here, okay? This is going to help us. So number one, if you want to be strong, you've got to run with a pack, you got to run with a pack. You you've got to have, you've got to have a herd you run with. You got to have a tribe you run with. You got to run with a pack. God didn't create you to be an isolationist. He didn't create you to just live your life by yourself and it's me and and I get along fine by myself. He created you to be a part of other people's lives, and other people be a part of your life. This is so important. This, this is so important. I mean, we've got, there's, there's over 30 scriptures in the New Testament that you cannot do, you cannot fulfill unless you are in community with other believers. Look them up. It's, it's scripture says, uh, I call them the one to another scriptures. Do this one to another, one for another. There's like 30 of them. You can't do that unless you're in community with other believers. And so God, he wants us to, he wants us to run with a pack, but he wants us to run with the right pack. How many of you know the, the wrong people, the wrong associations, the wrong hookups can get you in trouble? As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, 
Do not be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, the word evil just means bad. Bad companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and depraved good manners and morals and character. You show me the five closest people to you, I can tell you exactly where you'll be in five years. And I don't even need God to show me. Because you, you're, you're, in five years, your life is going to be a sum total of the people that you have relationships with and the people that you hang out with. If you walk with fools, guess what? You're going to be one. I mean, you, five years, if you just hang out with fools for the next five years, you're going to come back in five years, and we're going to all say, what an idiot. I mean, you're going to just be foolish. And there's nothing you can do about it because it's, you, God created us to have community. He created us to, to have relationships. He created us to do life together. we got to have a pack. we got to run with a pack. Uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, I didn't put this in your notes, but, uh, you know, Solomon, he's, he's talking about, you know, it's all the vainness and, Man, he's just, he, he had accumulated so much wealth and he got to the end of his life and he's going, man. He found out it wasn't all about money. And he said, you know, he started out, he said, this is the case of a man who is all alone. And how many of you want to live your life all alone? No, you don't. And so he's talking about this, but then he gets down to the positive side and he says this, two people are better off than one. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And here's the thing. If somebody falls alone, and they're in, they are in real trouble. But if somebody is alone, the, the, the almost certainty that they do fall is very high. If you're all alone. And so we need to run with a pack. We need to, we're stronger in a pack. We're stronger together. You ever watch a Nat Geo Wild or anything? Y'all watch that? I like watching those wildlife. Uh, I, you know, uh, on Friday nights, they have Friday night uh, kill nights. <laughs> those are pretty cool. And I mean, you got, you got these hyenas and you got these lions and they follow in these, these families and these these prides, you know, they're, they're kind of following them for a couple of years. And so you, you're, so you got, the, you got these wild dogs, I forgot what they call. Then you got hyenas, and then you got these lions. And all these prides, they're, they're trying to be the ones who, are, who rule this certain area over in Africa. So anyway, so they're, they're working on who gets, who gets to kill what, who gets to eat what. But I noticed that those lions, when, when they're hunting, that... You know, they're, I mean, they're massive, powerful. Being, they could take down, they could kill just about anything on, you know, on that, out there on that field, whatever it's called. And, um, but they don't do that. They, they look for two things. They either look for an animal that's gotten separated and it's isolated from its pack or its herd, or they look for one who's sick. And that's what they go after. Why? Easy kill. 
The Bible tells us that the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking who he can devour. So he can't just devour anybody. Did you know that? That the devil just can't devour. He just can't come bust up into your life and do whatever he wants to whenever he wants to do it. He's seeking whom he can devour, meaning that there's some people he just can't. There's some people who open the door to the devil, and there's some people who keep the door closed on the devil. You and I are those who keep the door shut. Amen? We keep the door shut, and the way that we keep the door shut is we get strong on the inside, and we starve our flesh, because one of his big entry points is through our fleshiness. Amen. So we need, to, uh, we, need to, we need to run with the pack. It just so happens that at the end of this month, we've got our relate groups firing back up. So we're telling you what you need to do, but we're going to give you an environment to do it in. We've got relate, relate groups firing back up, and we've got all kinds of them. We've got married groups. We've got men's groups. We've got ladies' groups. We've got... We got eating groups. We got, uh, I don't know, we've had sewing groups. I mean, all kind of groups. Serving groups. And so, you know, that's just, that's just what the groups do. But what happens within the group and the strength and the encouragement, that's what it's all about. And so, we, if, you're, if, you, if you're a member of a late church, and you're not involved in a group, you know, you're missing about one-fourth of what we do. You're missing a big part of what we do as a church, a big important part. And so we would just ask everybody, hey, find a group. You say, well, I looked through all those groups. I didn't find one group that I liked. All right, here's an idea. Lead a group. Something that you like to do, something that you want to do, lead a group. You say, well, I don't know if I'm qualified to lead. Oh, yeah, you're qualified to lead. And look, we have, we have small groups leader training coming up next Sunday, the Sunday after that, and the Sunday after that. Three opportunities, one hour during our uh, 11 o'clock service, 9.30 service, 9.30 service. Our 9.30 service, you don't have to go to all those. Just go to one of them. If you even think you want to lead, consider leading, Go to a small group's leader training. Get trained. It's, it's, it's easy. Easy as pie. And you can be effective as somebody else. Like you, can have your, you can have your group there. Amen. So number one, we need to run with a pack. Number two, we need to hunt early. Hunt early. Now, I'm not a hunter. I'm, I'm not. And I've gone hunting a couple of times. And I've had people to ask me to go deer hunting before. And I said, okay, like what time, like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> I said, no, like, you know, like 4 o'clock in the morning. I said, it's pretty cold at 4 o'clock. Yeah, that's the point. I said, no, thank you. I'll stay at home, drink coffee. I'll stay inside. So I, I don't hunt. But what I mean by hunt early, if, if you read through the scriptures, and you read through the, the history of Christianity, you find that the most spiritual people, the most spiritual people throughout Christianity were people who sought God and sought God early. 
They sought him early, meaning they did it in the first part of the day. And that just, that speaks so much. Doing it in the first part of the day, you're doing a couple of things. Number one, you're saying, God is priority of this day. You're, you're making God priority of that very day. And then, number two, sometimes I mean, you're, you're giving God your best because you're definitely not your best after you worked all day, right? So you're giving God your best. So we need to seek Him early. And there, there's scripture after scripture after scripture about this. But we need to seek God early. And I'm talking specifically about prayer. And so when it comes to prayer, you need to have a certain time. Everybody say a certain time. I mean, just like you would have appointments with anybody else, you need an appointment with God. You, you, need, to, you need to have a certain time. Discipline yourself. And it's amazing. I say discipline yourself, but, you know, in, in Christianity, the prayer and reading the Word, they are called spiritual disciplines. So you have to discipline yourself to a time. I'm, this time is dedicated to God. This is when I'm going to seek God. And so it needs to be a certain time, whether it's 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, 6 o'clock. Well, you know, I mean, I guess it could be whatever you wanted to, but I'm just, I'm pushing for that early part, the early. And so you, you need to have a certain time. Now, we're, we're kind of fixing this up for you real good because over the next 21 days, Monday through Fridays, we're having prayer at 6 a.m., right here and then Saturdays we're having it at, at 9 a.m. and if you're and we have that right here from 6 to 7 if you're not able to come I think we're, we're gonna try to Facebook live it so you can be a part that way um, but hey it, it's just built in for you right so we're gonna all be seeking him early y'all doing okay today talking about prayer Christians pray right Christians, believers, spend time with God. Right? Spend time with God. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to spend time with Jesus. You've got you to know where he's going. Right? So everybody says from 6 to 7, we're, we're going to pray. And, and, it's, and it's easy. It's, we're not going to call you, make you stand up and pray in front of everybody. It's going to just be very conversational. And you say, well, I can't stay until 7. Well, then good. Leave at 6.30 or leave at 6.20. Leave whenever you leave. But come to participate when you can. Okay? So it needs to be a certain time. It needs to be a certain place. So over the next 21 days, we'll do it right here. After that, you need to have a place at your house where you do it. Bobby's got a shop. I've got my study. Or there's too much stuff back there. I've got the couch out. Well, right now, couch in front of the fireplace. Right? And so, uh, find your place. Find your place. So, a certain time, a certain place, and then you need a plan. People ask, well, how, do you, how can you pray for 30 minutes? How can you pray for an hour? I got a plan. I got a plan. And I believe it's, I, I believe it's very scriptural. We call it the Lord's Prayer. And, it's, and I don't pray that prayer verbatim. Jesus, he outlined some stations that we are to pray through. And so 
we've got we've got prayer guides when you leave if you need one some of you already have them we have prayer guides they'll give you one and it has that it's got different plans in there and you don't have to do those but i'm saying it'll help you so a certain time a certain place and a certain plan you need that so we're going to seek god or we're going to hunt early seek god early david said early do i seek you and earnestly do I seek you? So it's important. And then number three, we need to eat fresh. I'm not talking Subway. <laughs> we need to eat fresh. And what I, what I mean by that is that every day you need to get a fresh word from God. Every day you need to hear from God through His word. Every day you need to hear from God through His word. Every day, you need to hear from God. The most important thing that you could ever do in your life, ever happen in your life, is learn how to hear from God through His Word. You need to hear from God. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 6, in His prayer, He said, Give us this day our daily bread. Everybody say, daily bread. Daily bread, daily bread. not... not not bread from three or four days ago. Give us this day our daily bread. And obviously he's probably talking about physical food that you, you know, that you eat. But on another point in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And so you, don't ju you just can't live by eating natural food. You live by eating spiritual food, and that's the word of God. And so every day... Every day you need, to, you need to get some fresh bread from heaven. You need to get a fresh word from God. This is how you do it. You read your Bible. So believers, they pray and believers read their Bibles, right? You read your Bible. Now let me tell you how I do it. You don't have to do it like this. This is how I do it. I, I read, of course... I read a lot of things in the Bible, but every day I read a plan. I've got a plan. Man, we, we're, and now technology is so awesome, all you got to do is download the Bible app, and the Bible app has hundreds of plans. And some of them are five-day plans, some of them are 21-day plans. I do the one-year plan, and I read through the whole Bible in one year. We have a plan here at church that you can subscribe to where you read through the whole New Testament in one year. So whatever, whatever works for you, the important thing is to do something. So this is the way I do it. I, I, this morning I was up at 3.30 and I was out there by the fire, turned that fireplace on, got it warm in there. The only thing I was missing was coffee because I can't put any creamer in my coffee right now and I'm not going to drink ashtray, you know. So anyway, <laughs> so I sat on the couch and, and, and I Opened up my Bible plan. I do it on I do it mine on iPad, but you can do it in your Bible. Do whatever you want to do. And I just begin reading. I'm not trying to see how fast I can read. I'm not trying to check something off of my day. I'm gonna get into it. And so I just begin to read prayerfully. And if you do, if you do the one-year Bible plan, it's gonna take you 15 minutes, about 15 minutes to read it. If you do the relate one, it's gonna take you about three and a half minutes. And so you just, you just read. And as I read, I'm just, I'm not trying to get anything. I'm not trying to see anything. I'm just reading. 
But every time something, something from those, that portion of Scripture, that 15 minutes of reading, there's going to be a verse or two or three or maybe sometimes four, and those verses just stand out to me. So when it stands out to me, I highlight them. Or if you've got your Bible, you can highlight it, you can draw, underline it, or whatever you do. But anyway, I, I kind of mark it so I know where it is. So after I get finished reading, I go back and I look at those. And this, this is one cool thing I found out how to do. I like it too. If you're using the Bible app and you come across one of those scriptures, you can tap on it. It underlines it for you, and then you can choose to create a verse image out of it. Y'all ever done that before? Create. And so what I do, I, if it's a portion, and you can edit it and make it fewer words or whatever, uh, I create a verse image, and then I use it as a screensaver on my phone. This is why I do that, because all day long, I want to meditate on what God is saying to me. What he showed me in that time of reading I want to meditate on that all day long. So all I have to do is just push that home button on my phone. It pops up. The first thing I see is that, that scripture. Man, the other day, it, it was a great one. And uh, the scripture says this. It says, he who sees, sees me. And that's, you know, it, it was a lot of stuff around that. But man, that phrase... It, it just lifted right off the page to me. He who sees, sees me. And I, and I highlighted that. I created a verse image of it and I put it on my phone. And, here's the, I, and, and I went back and I looked at that thing probably five, six, ten times that day. And I just meditated on it. And I'd just walk around saying, God sees me. Out of seven, nearly seven billion people on the planet, he sees me. He sees me. Man, isn't that awesome? It was awesome for me. I mean, it, it, it was to me. So, and, I, and I just meditated. God sees me. He sees what concerns me. And not only does he see me, he's gone out ahead, and he sees out ahead because he's Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees ahead and provides. So he knows what's coming up. He's the God who sees, and he sees me. I just meditated on that scripture all day long. And man, it, just, it brings life to you. It brings strength to you. It brings faith up in you. And that's what it's about. So we need to get that fresh word from God every day. And then we meditate on it. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be prosperous or have good success. How are you going to be prosperous and how are you going to have good success? You're going to meditate on God's Word. It'll do something. Until you get prosperous on the inside, you're not going to be prosperous on the outside. Until you get strong on the inside, you're not going to be strong on the outside. Amen. So what are we going to do? Number one, number one. Tell me what we're gonna do. We're gonna run with the pack. We're not gonna live. We're not gonna live alone. And it, look, it's about to become increasingly more difficult just to do life by yourself around here. We're gonna to talk to you. We're gonna encourage you. 
We're going to say, come on, come to my group. Come on, come, come get involved. In the, come on. Why? Because it's so important. It's so important that we're in a pack. Amen. So we're going to run with the pack number two. What are we going to do? Huh? Hunt early. Then number three, what are we going to do? We're going to eat fresh, man. That's not Subway. I don't run down there and get that Subway. We're fasting. <laughs> okay, so we're going to eat fresh. And look, if you'll do those things. Now, if you weren't here Wednesday night, I talked to you about some things that the Lord's dealt with me about. And this is all, it kind of just fits right in. Y'all remember Wednesday night? What's 2000, how are we going to live our life in 2017? There you go. Word focused, faith empowered, spirit led. Can't do any of that without doing any of this. Got to do this. And y'all, I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm just telling you. You don't want to get 21 days into this and see what's going on in everybody else's life and go, why didn't I do that? You don't want to get six months into this year and you're seeing what's going on with everybody else and say, why didn't I do that? Just go ahead and do it. Mark my words, God's got some... He's got some awesome things for us this year. I told you, I told you a little bit. It's got to do with his fullness in our life. His fullness. His completeness in our life. It's going to be awesome. And so we set aside this 21 days of prayer. We're going to just, we're, we're going to just press into him. Amen? Amen? It's going to be good. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you thanks and praise. Lord, I... I thank you for these who are here, and Lord, I'm, I'm asking that you would stir our hearts, that you would prompt our hearts, that we would, that we would not be neg negligent in spiritual things, but Lord, we would be diligent, and that we would do what you've called us to do, and we would, we would seek you with our whole heart, and we would seek you early, and we would seek you with all of our heart as we look to put your word first in our life and we become word focused and we would seek you with all of our heart as we, as we seek you with others. And I thank you for helping us. Father, I pray for anyone in here who's not in a relationship with Jesus. They've never received Christ They've never been born again. Their life has never been transformed. I pray for them right now. I ask that you would draw them to yourself, knock on the door of their hearts. In Jesus' name. Look, if you're in here today and you've never given Jesus your whole heart and your whole life, I'd like to pray for you. You know, maybe you've, you, maybe you've walked an aisle before and shook the preacher's hand, but nothing changed. There's no transformation. There's no change in your life. But you, 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 you've seen other people, and other people has changed, and you want to change. Well, maybe, maybe you need to take this step and give, give him all of your heart and all of your life, and I'd like to pray for you. Or maybe you're, you're like someone I met recently, and they said, well, when I was growing up, my mom, my grandma always told me, honey, if you just... Try your hardest and do your best. 
you'll be fine. But you're not going to just be fine because you try your hardest and do your best. Jesus said you must be born again. You've got to give him all your heart and all your life. So if you're in here and, and you're in any one of those that I just talked about, or maybe you're one that would say, I believe in God. Isn't that enough? Well, it's good to believe in God, but no, that's not enough. You can believe in God and not belong to God. You need to be saved. You need to be born again. So let me pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up just, just with an uplifted hand. Just with an uplifted hand, I'll, I'll know we'll pray for you. So I'm just count to three, and when I do, you just lift your hand. Be real bold about it. Nobody's looking at you. It's between you and the Lord. And we'll pray. Here we go. One, two, three, right now. Anyone in here? Thank you, ma'am. I see your hand. I'm looking across the room. Y'all, anybody else want to join this lady? Today's your day. Anyone else? Awesome. Okay. Everybody do this with me. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your new life. And I receive you and accept you as my Savior. Come into me and change me forever. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand. All right. <laughs>